Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Now, last week, we were talking about, I need that clock, I've seen it, because God have mercy on me. Last week, we, 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 we've been, to, for the last three weeks, we've been talking about a series called Of His Love. Have you been learning something? So, the first time we talked about God's love for us, and I'm not going to get into it, but you need, that's the foundation. Everything else we are teaching if you listen to it without the first teaching on the love of God, you will be fighting a battle you cannot win. So I implore you, go back and listen to it. Now, even if you had the sermon before, one of the things I've learned is that when you re-listen to a sermon, oh, it is well. When you listen to a sermon around the third time is when you start to get serious revelation. So if you take your salvation seriously, I promise you even today as I teach, there are many things that will fly over your head. But when you go back and listen, one, two, three, by the third time you're starting to, you almost want to shout, your faith, because that's why faith, faith comes, me how I read it is faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Like when you hear the same thing over and over and over and over, your faith builds. When you hear it once, faith, the things you believe, you didn't hear them once. You are in an environment where they were reinforced over and over until they became a belief system. So you can't build your belief system by hearing something once. So be that kind of believer who takes your salvation and your walk of faith seriously and so engage with the word of God. Listen to at least a sermon every day. And sometimes I can listen to the same sermon the whole week because I'm, there's something I've not yet caught. Until I catch it, I'm not moving on. So stick with it until light comes. Amen. Because when light comes, your glory comes. Amen. The second time we talked about um, what loving God looked like, uh, God's love language, which is obedience. And last Sunday, we talked about fruitfulness and connection to God as our source. And the source of love, the source of life is God. And today we continue. I love this series because I think when we saw the series, we probably thought there's all we think of God's love for us. Um, and, 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 and I like that we are teaching in a way, I don't know how Apostle put together this, but it's so powerful, the journey that we've been on. That's why I really would like you to, if you've missed any Sunday, go back, re-listen to those teachings, the way they've been taught. You will catch a certain pattern that God is establishing us in. And so today we are talking about, do you love me? That is the sermon title today. The question is, do you love me? Bambi, it's not me asking you, it's Jesus. <laughs> and be like, wow, Pastor B3, you have no one to love you. You've now come here to ask. No, Jesus is asking a question, do you love me? And you know, um, in the book, uh, today I'm thinking about love. Love is so sacrificial. Beware of a love that has no sacrifice. Because God so loved that he gave. Love gives, it doesn't take. Hmm? So if, if your love costs you nothing, uh, I, we need another name for it. It's not love. Mark 12, 28 to 30. Then one of the scribes came, read with me, and having, eh, what's happening, people? And having heard them reasoning together that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first suggestion of all? 
I was just checking to see if you people, if we are reading the same version. Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with some of your heart, with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with the strength you can manage. How much strength? All your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than this basically what jesus is saying here is that if you fulfill these two the rest are just toppings like you will have fulfilled the rest because it's impossible if you love god and love your neighbor the way they've told us to murder to all those things you don't need to talk about them to commit adultery to you understand you yeah but guy, I want to know how many here say me. Those those book commandments say I eat them for breakfast. I love the Lord with my all of my strength, all of my mind, all of my soul, all of my heart. No big deal, man. Pastor B three, let's talk about deeper things. These are things for new believers class, to children's church. If you're there, I want you to come and lay. We need to stop the service now, and we give you oil. You lay hands and some chiboko. Eh? <laughs> How many of us know that this is impossible? It's impossible. The thing that we're, at least in our own strength, we cannot love the Lord the way we are being asked for. But it's something Apostle said that we try. We try. And that, you know, just because it's impossible to love the way they've told us, we still try. You can't say, eh, they say we, the husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's impossible. Yeah, we just coexist. No, you try. And the ones who are trying have better marriages than those who have not tried. Mm. So we try. And so today we want to find out what does this, you know, when someone tells you a statement and you say, explain what you mean. I, if I was there, this guy instead actually told Jesus, this thing is, is a no problem, but I guess he was some kind of man. So some of us here, we want to tell Jesus, Jesus, what do you mean? What does it look like to love you? and to love my neighbor. What does it look like? How do we love God with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength? And I want to go back first of all to where we began that our love for God is simply a reflection of his love for us. You cannot generate love. We don't have those resources. The only love that we can love God with is what he has loved us with. We love because he first loved us. In other words, if you want to learn how to love God, learn to receive God's love for you. When you hear the word reflection, I think of a mirror. When you go to your mirror, does it start creating a new image? If it does, you need to talk to your pastor. For you, you, When you look in your mirror, it starts coming up with its own image. It's not a mirror. <laughs> it's something else. <laughs> yeah, it's something else. But listen, if a reflection is simply showing you what is already, what is already there. So, we, the, like, we mirror back God's love for us. Where if you're struggling to love others and to love God, it's because you have received little of God's love. So, you and I should be lifelong students and receivers of the love of God. 
You should never grow too old for the love of God. The unconditional love of God. The no strings attached love of God. The more you meditate on how loved you are, the easier it becomes to love God and others because his love then is what you're able to use to love him and to love others. Because you see, God is so perfect. The only thing we can give him is what he has given us. That's what is acceptable to him. Our stuff is not really acceptable. So your greatest achievement should be to be God's beloved. Yes. To know yourself as I am the one that Jesus loves. Let me show you some evidence in the scriptures. Luke seven forty seven. Mm, mm. You went to read it in New King James and in the Passion Translation. Read with me. Therefore, this is Jesus. I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Basically, what determines your love for God is your understanding of how much you have been forgiven. If you think that, me, I really have God, I'm actually helping God. Jesus, he found me here pure. Hmm? Perfect. I'm actually helping him to serve him. Me, I've never done anything bad. You don't really understand sin and the nature of sin. Do you have the Passion Translation? Let's this one read together with me. She has been forgiven of all her... Say, that is me. Guys, we are the ones who've been forgiven of our many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume they have very little to be forgiven will love me very little. Yeah, it's an assumption. I used to have that assumption. I would look at people and say, I'm better. Compared. (laughs) Here is the thing. God does not compare you to your friend your cousin, your sibling, your spouse. He compares you to Jesus Christ. You cannot come short. That's the standard. So stop looking at someone else and thinking, "Mm, at least me. No, there's no at least you. Sin is sin. And when you start to understand how much God has loved you, there's a humility that comes upon you. You start to love him more. Be willing to serve him, but also to love others. When we understand how much God has loved us, we respond by truly loving him. Our love for God is a response according to that scripture. Never stop meditating and seeking to understand how much God has loved and forgiven you. I'll show you another scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, 9 to 10 because sometimes we think that go- receiving God's love means that Mm-mm, not that one. First Corinthians 15, 9 to 10. We assume that because God has, that God has loved us, it means we do nothing, right? That my response is, eh, God has really loved me. I am going to just sit here and be loved. Mm. Mm. You're going to see some of the evidence that you've received God's love, that it's not in vain. Otherwise, it's in vain. Like today you heard the Muezis, testifying about their mission or community and the young man who they've, whose life they've transformed. That is God's love. Those are people who have received the love of God, but it hasn't ended with them. Let's look at the scriptures. Paul, the apostle of grace, read with me. For, but if your neighbor is not reading with me, first give them a, a spiritual side eye on my behalf. Spiritual, don't fear your neighbor. Don't let them scare you. Give them a spiritual side eye. 
Okay, let's read together. For I am the least of the apostles. Do you see how he thought of himself? For us, we don't think of Apostle Paul like that. It doesn't matter how others think of you. You need to know how, not that you think of yourself as small, but when you think of what God has done in you, how do you feel? Do you feel grateful? Do you feel like, God, wow. What, oh, are you how I was when I was very religious, when I felt like, ah, me, I'm here in the struggle, serving God, hoping to make it to heaven. I'm not really aware of what he has done. All I know is I don't want to go to hell. If you're not aware of God's love, all you think about is punishment. And so you're trying to stay away from being punished. But when you receive his love, you start to realize what he has done. So Paul says, I am the least of the apostles, uh who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Uh But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Uh But I labored. More abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. In other words, when you receive the love of God, the natural response, how you know that someone has received the love of God is how much they labor. Grace actually leads you to labor more abundantly. That if you are a new covenant believer who has received the love of God, you love others more abundantly than you would if you didn't know that you're loved. It's the natural response. When a cup is overflowing, the natural response of the cup is it overflows. I don't know how else to say it. Like it starts to affect the things around it. It's the natural state of God's beloved to love others. And to labor more abundantly. That if you are a new covenant believer, you should not be talking about tithe. You should be laboring more abundantly than tithe. I told you that I stopped. I no longer do 10%. Because I have to labor more abundantly. If I've indeed received the grace of God. So let me tell you a secret. Next time when you get 100,000, don't tithe 10,000. At least put 11. Do you understand? I'm a new covenant believer. 11,000. Do you understand? What, who are you telling? 10. I don't do just enough. I'm like Jesus. I do exceeding abundantly. Okay, put 10,200. Ah. Ash. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. You refuse, refuse to be normal. Like you're also normal. You can't be like how Abraham was. You have to be greater than your father. Hey. Because you're a new covenant believer, you love your wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. You do kajanja in your marriage. You honor your husband. Because you're new covenant. It's the love of God is working in you. Do you understand? Because you're a new covenant believer, you pay your workers on time. Eh? And you pay them so well. Do you understand? You pay your taxes. Guys, you labor more abundantly. You go for evangelism. You open your home to people. You, that's what happens. The grace of God causes us to labor. If the grace of God causes you to relax more abundantly, you have not received the grace of God. And it is in vain. I have not yet come to the main point, you people. This thing is so good. (laughs) I'm also enjoying. God's grace towards you causes you to labor more abundantly than them all. The more you understand and receive God's love, the more you express it for him. This love is, this labor is born out of love, not duty. It's enjoyable labor. Have you ever been helping someone and you feel so rewarded by helping them? You're a person you love. You feel like, Manange, thank you for allowing me to help you. I'm so happy, like, because you love them. But when you don't like someone, even, even when they say, send me a, mes- a reminder, you feel like they've asked you to carry 100 kilograms of posho. A reminder for what? 
twakoa a reminder it doesn't even take effort but someone else you even ask how else, what else can i do for you of course not a problem they if they say i'm sorry to call you late ah, i was awake don't worry you know eh then there are those who you look you keep looking then the holy spirit has to talk to you do not withhold good if it is you know in your power but to do so what kwegamba and then you say maybe they have an emergency hello at a meeting at midnight nimo meeting tell me what you want that's how some of us behave with god and you know the remedy for that receive more of god's love it is the remedy is not for you to feel guilty it's to receive more love because when you understand how much god has loved you it's going to cause you to want to desire to serve him to do the uncomfortable to do the stuff that because you want others to experience what you've experienced when you love someone you labor for them abundantly when you love someone you do kajanja i don't know that word in english for our international audience kajanja when you love someone you want to know what truly makes them feel loved because you see when you really love someone you can't say it is the thought that counts no 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 you want to know what makes them happy you're always researching what gift do they want right now not so but there are people who you're like it's a birthday let me see do we have some things we've not been using am i talking at all don't put up your hand mm. yeah then there are people who you're even saving to buy them a gift you know at, at christmas time or next year you're saving for an entire year it's because of love it's not duty and so everything we're talking about is born out of love and the only way to receive that love is to receive that love from god the source of love so the question then is let me first ask you a question before i ask you another one which person which person's love for god challenges you the most i want you to tell your neighbor by the way you come to church greet your neighbor because we can make you talk to them tell your neighbor one person whose love for god challenges you and why tell call your neighbor manange some of you are looking i'm not your neighbor if you're looking at me i'm not your neighbor There are people who are talking to each other but not looking like this. Ah, there are styles in this congregation. <laughs> Fear do. <you? laughs> but aha, uh-huh. so is there anyone who you can shout where you are and I reiterate for you. Who which name came up? Up of course up more I knew that he would come up. Apostle Moses why? What challenges he about his love? His zeal for God. The man doesn't run out. I mean he's always giving always teaching always planting always looking for ways to give more to the kingdom of God anyone else I'll take two more pastor angela why her levels of generosity and intensity she takes things too seriously she's open like this eh? her life is open she's she's always serving 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 you can't even forget that she has little children Do you know that almost everyone you've talked about you talk about it because of the sacrifices they make for the kingdom? I can guess without you telling me the people and the reasons. Is there anyone who you talked about it because of maybe 
they are good looks. They look at them and you're like, oh no. Arimu love of God. Look, look, look at the good looks. Oh my God, see the love of God. I bet, how many of you, it was about the sacrifices you've seen them make for God. Their life of prayer, their giving, right? Right? Yeah. So love and sacrifice cannot be separated. Okay? Love and sacrifice cannot be separated. But we are in a generation that teaches a love that is non-sacrificial. Self-love. Self-care. Where is the sacrifice? When you are self-loving, where is it? You don't eat, eh? That is not self-love. Eh? Self-love is eating in all the places you want to eat. Self-love, self-care, selfie. Everything, Vanange, is so much self. <laughs> love is about others. That's when you know a loving person, you don't talk about a loving person, and you say, person is so loving, they really take care of themselves. And say, their love levels just shock me. Beware of philosophies of the world. They look good on behalf of the rest. Eh? <laughs> what makes Jesus truly feel loved? Because we are asking, Jesus is asking, do you love me? If you love me, I'm going to tell you what makes me feel loved. If you want to serve someone and you love them, you should find out, husbands, if your wife hates flowers, you can't say me. When I watch the movie, they give the flowers to Babarita. You go and marry Babarita and give her flowers. I'm not Barbarita, you are not Carlos. Some of you are insisting, you don't even have long hair. Husbands, you are there pretending with your no hair on the head and you want to be Carlos Santano and you want your wife to become Barbarita. The woman doesn't want flowers, she grows them in her garden. She's an African woman. You find what makes her feel loved. They don't ride horses, they don't have long hair, and they are pretending to be Carlos Santano. Aye. Yeah, if it, you have to find out what makes the person feel loved. If your husband likes Luombo, you can't insist on chips, chaps, chili sauce. You cook the Luombo. Yes. When you love someone, you find out what makes them feel loved, and that's what you do. And so we are asking, what makes God feel loved? Because we can be offside and say, Lord, the thought counts. Mm. I'm going to go without food for seven days. You really think it will make God feel loved that you're starving? The one who gives you daily bread. You are wasting his food. What makes Jesus truly feel loved? Do you want to find out? Jesus gives us the answer in John chapter 21 from verse 15 to 17. Let's read together. This is Jesus is talking to Peter, Simon Peter. He has met his disciples the third time after the resurrection and now they are sitting down at breakfast and then he puts Peter aside and then tells Peter what makes him feel loved. Let's read this together. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, 
do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him. Uh Uh-oh. Eh-eh. If I came to you and started saying, Kawesa, do you love me? What do you think is coming? I'm about to ask something very, very big, right? When someone starts asking you if you love them, you know that, ha, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? You know? But it's because they know that they're about to ask you for something that's really important to them and may not be easy for you to do. That's why the people who make the greatest sacrifices for us are the people who truly love us. Not the people who send us heart emojis and tell us, tell us they love us every day seven times. In fact, it's very irritating when someone tells you they love you, but they are, there's no proof of it. And the proof is in the sacrifices. That's it. It's in the sacrifices that are meaningful to the other person. Everything you have today, someone sacrificed for you to have it. Your parents made sacrifices for you to go to school. And when you were younger, you were not aware that they were making sacrifices. Someone has sacrificed today for you to sit in a nice building where you are clean, chairs set. Someone sacrificed last night to stay and clean and arrange and you walk in and it's nice. So don't complain. For you to have this great worship experience every Sunday, people make sacrifices. They rehearse so much their skills for you to hear this beautiful music that minister Timo and the band play they make sacrifices these people came off the plane in the ams they have been here singing like they slept all night but there are people who are, can't make it to garage this morning because eh, they slept for only seven hours and the doctor said they need eight I want to tell you about Peter quickly. Peter is, Simon Peter had denied Jesus how many times? Three times. Before this, he was so confident of his love for God. Do you remember? He told him, Jesus, me. Even if all of these ones, if they deny you, me, you see me here, I'll die for you. I'll die. Jesus told him, dude, do you understand? Jesus, these ones, you forget these chaps, me. Jesus told him, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He says, Jesus, I cannot. You know when you're there, depending on you, I say, ah, gawalai, I can't. And some of us, that's how you feel. Me, I can't do that thing. How much I love God. If you think you're standing, be careful lest you fall. Because you are at your weakest when you feel strongest. That's why his strength is made perfect when you're weak. Because you're aware that you're weak. And he's the only one who can sustain you. So his, Peter was so sure of his love for God and that's what made him fall. Because he was not drawing from a certain source. And so Jesus now is restoring him. Three times he asked him, do you love me? But I want to show you something. God doesn't, the qualification for you loving God is not your love for him or the good things you've done. Peter had denied Jesus three times and taken all the disciples back fishing. In three days. Yeah, it was very quick from denying to going back to a fishing. It's God, it's God who chooses the foolish things of this world, the base things of this world. The thing that qualifies you to serve God is not your goodness. It is God's love for you. And when you recognize that, even when you fall, you'll get up. 
because you know God is not depending on my good manners he uses the weak the ones who are willing to receive his love humbly and just continue serving him that's the first thing that I see and then every time God asks you for something it's an opportunity for a promotion yeah you had the Muezis here they were church members now they are shepherds of God's flock that's a promotion but God asked them for something through their leader. Can you start leading a missional community? And it can seem like you're making a sacrifice. Of course you are. Uh, because love is sacrificial. But it's a promotion. In the kingdom of God, you're now impacting the lives of others beyond yourself. Someone's life, someone's family, someone's entire destiny is going to change because you said yes to stop living only for yourself and said yes to what God asked you to do. So Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep, my lambs, tend my sheep, feed my sheep. I want to make a statement that Apostle Mose made when he taught on this scripture. And the statement is, your greatest expression of love for God is shepherding someone. Your greatest expression of your love for God is shepherding someone. Your greatest expression of your love for God is shepherding someone. It's not staying up all night praying. It's not fasting for, I don't know, a year. It's not, it's shepherding someone. Would you know why? What is God's most prized possession? People. So if you're not taking care of his people, you have not reached the greatest expression of love for God. And every child of God, every believer is wired to reproduce. There is no believer who is less than in the kingdom of God. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a sheep in his fold and you're ready to have lambs. Because it begins by, do you love me? Then he says, feed my lambs. Who gives birth to lambs? Is it shepherds? It's sheep. That's not the work of the pastor. That is the work of every child of God is supposed to be reproducing lambs and feeding them. But for you to be a reproducer of lambs, you have to first be a sheep. So your first challenge again is to first be planted, be in a place where you can receive and then giving will be easy. Many of us fear to go out there and shepherd someone because we are looking to ourselves. But if you have a shepherd over you and you're a sheep in this church, there is no way you can fail to shepherd. All you need to do is do what your leader is doing. Teach what they are teaching as you're learning. And as you do, you start to also hear for yourself, learn from the word. So first of all, get planted, become a sheep, have a shepherd over you. And don't say, I am, a, I, I am in the congregation. No, have a shepherd who knows you in worship harvest, missional communities. You can't be too busy to be part of a missional community. Don't be too busy to be shepherded. You can join a missional community. What is keeping you out of a missional community? What is it? Many of us, it's the fear of accountability. The very thing that is going to help you grow. You're running away from it. 
the very thing that's going to make you safe and cover you and give you capacity to shepherd others. Because in a missional community, you find other believers struggling with the same stuff, growing in the same areas, getting to love and know you, and then you even have an opportunity to start being part of a small huddle. So you're forced to do the things you'd not naturally do. To go on evangelism, to love on people. So the first place of your love for God is first become a sheep and tend the lambs. Feed my lambs. The second one, then he says, tend my sheep. Do you love me? Jesus is asking us today, do you love me? If you love me, shepherd someone. But before you shepherd someone, get shepherded. Have you ever seen this scripture? Hmm? Why is it getting quiet? You're trying to scare me. Are you try- is your neighbor trying to scare me? I can't get- you can't scare me. Feed my, tend my sheep. Now, tend is to shepherd. To tend is to shepherd, to guard, to guide, to protect, to watch over. When you tend a garden, your eye is on it, right? So you move from, first of all, being a sheep to now, you start to tend God's lambs. Like you also have, you heard the testimonies of the people in the missional communities. How now people are going to VD, visitation day, to visit children who they did not produce naturally. What a blessing. What a blessing. You see, you may not understand the power of that if you're not like me. For me, I was a community project. My parents died, both of them, by the time I was 10. My little brother, by by the time he was 6, they were all dead. So tell me something. If someone had not decided who did not produce us, had not decided to pay our school fees, you would not know me. I'd be somewhere in the village taking care of, I don't know, maybe I'll be dead already. With no hope. You do not know what your decision to care for another human being can do. It did not only change my life. It has changed the destiny of my natural children. It has changed the destiny of some of you who came to Christ because of God using me. You do not know what you're doing as you choose to open your home. Is that too much to ask? Friends, God wants to give us a life of true significance. Significance is not in us amassing things. The world has deceived us. It's not in focusing on ourselves. That's not where true significance is. At the end of the day, so what if you had a big house and you should have big houses? We are building a big one. So what if you have a nice car? You should have good cars. These things are good, but your life does not consist of the abundance of things you possess. Your life is about fruit that lasts. The only fruit that will last is the disciples you will make. And every child of God is wired to disciple others. You're not too small to disciple. You don't have too little to disciple. God wants you to be faithful with the little you have. And let me tell you, what's going to accelerate your Christian walk is caring for another believer. Because you're forced to grow. You need a shepherd suddenly because someone is asking you questions. Then you're forced. But when you take, all you take care is yourself. You don't have to grow. You're not showing anyone an example. So God is loving Peter by telling Peter, do you love me, Peter? If you love me, the thing that's going to make you stable, care for others. But also by caring for others, you're introducing me to others. Feed my lambs with the word of God. Let's become people who populate social media with the scriptures. 
I'm telling you guys, don't let a day pass without putting on your WhatsApp status a scripture you've read or a scripture that your shepherd has shared on your Instagram. Why should Instagram only be full of pictures of people looking nice? Put the word of God. It's what changes people's lives. The other things just cause covetousness. You look at some and you don't, I see pictures and I'm like, if people know what we, what we went through to create a picture, the reality and the picture, it's not true. Life is not lived the way it looks on Instagram. Become a person who posts the word of God, scripture, feed his lambs. You don't know who is going to click that thing and get hope again. Feed his lambs at your workplaces. Don't be shy to share scripture. Don't be shy to talk about God. Don't be shy to invite someone to garage on Sunday and promise them lunch after. Don't be shy. Use everything you can to draw someone to hear the message that has changed your life, if indeed it has changed your life. Because Jesus loves his people, but he loves his people through us who are already his beloved. He's depending on you and I to feed his sheep, to tend his flock, to feed his lambs. And the last one is when he says, feed my sheep. He's now calling you. He says, first, bring them in as lambs. Be a sheep, be shepherded, be planted, and now start birthing others. Now tend them, care for them, love on them, you know, and after that, now become a shepherd over them. Start a missional community, plant a church, start a hosting center. I love worship service because we are practical. You don't live here wondering, what does it mean to feed the sheep? Hmm? Do I go and start a farm of sheep and I send my pastor, I love God, I'm tending the sheep. No, the sheep of his pasture are people. And he calls them sheep because sheep are quite, I want to use a good word, special. Mm. Mm. They are special. Mm. Yeah, so don't get tired. Those of you who are shepherding God's flock, missional leaders, cohort shepherds, zonal pastors, location pastors, huddle leaders, come on now, can we celebrate those people? At your workplaces, if you've started a fellowship, you are loving God. And let me tell you, he says that when you love him, he visits you and makes his home with you. And I have seen God start to make his home in our lives. And let me tell you, when God decides to make his home in your life, when he says seek first his kingdom, he means it. The things you're looking for, they will start chasing you. If you chase the mission of God. Because he's committed to those who are committed to him. Feed my sheep. What is a shepherd? Jeremiah 3.15 Because listen, when I love God, I care about what he cares about and God cares about people. God cares about people. Do you know that you don't have to quit your job to shepherd people? You don't have to. You can lead a missional community while running a multi-million dollar company. Because that's what proves God's love. Your love for God is that you shepherd his people. Jeremiah 3.15, together, read with me. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart. Who will do what? Who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. All of us are called to be shepherds. There is no exception. All of us. 
shepherds in our families, shepherds at our workplaces, shepherds in our schools and classrooms, shepherds wherever God has placed us, shepherds in our church families, shepherds in our communities at home. God has called us to be shepherds of his people. Because when you love him, you care about what he cares about. So what's, to, what's hindering you? Is it because you're focusing on yourself and your strengths and weaknesses? What was Peter's strength? Running. Running from trouble. Giving up quickly, denying. Those were his strengths. Yeah, you're better than Peter. If you're like him, it's okay, you still qualify. If your greatest strength is the runaway believer, you're still okay. No believer was born without capacity to reproduce. Feed God's sheep with knowledge and understanding. And in Jeremiah 23, 4, he says, I will set up shepherds over them. Who will do what? Who will do what? What does God call us to do? To feed. To feed the people. What do we feed them with? The word. Remember what we learned last Sunday? You cannot love God without loving his word. All you need to do is give people the word of God, not your weaknesses and strengths. Shepherds give people the word of God. He says, I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them. Then what will happen to the people you feed? They shall fear no more. You know that that young man and his sibling do not fear anymore, the ones that they were shared about in the testimony earlier. They were out there living in brothels, hanging out on the streets, hungry, malnourished, until God sent a shepherd over them. Shepherds over them who have fed them. <laughs> and they fear no more, nor will they be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord of hosts. Let me tell you something. Every form of lack that you see in your family, in your neighborhood, at your workplace, every expression of lack in the world signifies the lack of a shepherd. That's it. If there are broke people in your family, you're there, you're a shepherd, you're keeping quiet, you don't want to be misunderstood. They would rather be broke than you be misunderstood. Teach them. Connect them to life. Drag them along to the missional community meeting. Bring them to garage. Bring them for the business breakfast. You know someone whose business is dying. Be a shepherd. Shepherds think about the sheep, not themselves. Live a life of meaning and significance. Every, every form of expression of lack that you see in the world is just signifying the lack of a shepherd. At your home, in your office, in your business, in your family, in your neighborhood, in that marriage, those marriages that you see that break your heart, connect them to fireplace. It, they just need a shepherd over them, guys. It's not magic. We are what we are because we've had a shepherd. Or shepherds. Who then help. I told you sheep are special. Every form of lack that you see signifies the lack of a shepherd. You can be that gap bridge, that, the, the bridge of the gap. You can be the bridge between the lack and the, and the resources that are available. That's what shepherds do. They connect the sheep to the resource. Sheep are not going to find grass, but they need it. The marriage is not working, not because people are bad, but they lack knowledge. Connect them. Don't sit back and say, I don't want to interfere. But you're letting the devil interfere. You're a shepherd. That's why you need to start a mission or community. 
It's not really for spiritual demagogues. It's for every child of God. Do you love me? He didn't tell him, do you know scripture? Do you know how to fast? Can you cast out demons? He asked him one question. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Tend my flock. Feed my lambs. That is God speaking to you and I today. That the greatest expression of your love for God is to shepherd someone. That's what makes God's heart swell. It's the one thing he celebrates in heaven is a new believer. Says they throw a party in heaven when one person comes to Christ because those are his children. Let me tell you, the greatest form of trust the people, like if I trust you, I trust you with my children. If I can trust you with my money, what? You can lose it. I can trust strangers with my business. I interview you and I give you and then I put systems in place. But I can't meet you on the street and interview and give hand over my child to you. Oh. I have to know you, know your values, understand you, watch you for a season. Yeah, like by the time I trust you with my children, we have really, yeah. Parents, isn't it true? Do you go living your kids at any neighbor, a new neighbor in town? Huh? I'm your neighbor, Olivia. These are my two kids. What's your name again? Have. See in the evening. We need to talk to, we need to take you to counseling. So God is saying to you and I, if you love me, you will care about the thing I care about the most, my kids. Every person you see, sometimes I be walking on the streets and my mind, I start seeing all these people. Some of them look so sad and I'm like, these are God's children. I imagine my child on that street. My heart goes out to them and I'm like, what can I do? So I start trying to help the ones I can on those. There are people who I buy from nonstop maze, even when I don't need it. Then I build relationship. Then we start to talk. Then, you know, draw them in. Friends, shepherd the, the flock. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a testimony as I close. But some of the people that I really, really love are people who come to work in our homes, our house managers. I find that these people, life has already dealt them some blows. So when they come into our homes, we are to lift them. We are to lift them. Worship harvest. That's why you should pay the people who work in your homes very well. Change their stories. Take some of them back to school. Don't be like, ah, I'll, let me find a way to keep this one in my home for 20 years. Change their stories. Let it be that whoever comes to work in your home never has to, by choice, work in another home unless it's, it's what they want. That when they leave, and I've seen Apostle Mose and Pastor Ari practice this so powerfully. Their house managers are right now missional community leaders. One of them is now at the university in UCU pursuing law. Oh, yes. Our leaders are our shepherds. Are sh when I'm talking about shepherding, some of you, the flock of God is in your house, but you're killing it. Giving them the plates which are looking about how they, when people walk in, they can quickly tell how they dress, how they look, how they smell. They have no smile on their faces. This should not be our testimony in worship harvest. Far from us. But one of the things that has blessed my heart, there's, a, there's one of the people who worked in our home and then we asked her to move on because she finished her school and, and we asked her, we told her, now you have to go, madam, and get a job and leave this house. She had been with us seven years. And when she left, she had received Christ while at her home and started to, uh, to serve God. And then before she left, she got connected to um, Lighthouse Church, uh, Bishop Doug's ministry here in Uganda. And about three or four weeks ago, we're in touch. She still sends me her weekly savings. We practice those things. They save. She used to save monthly. Now she saves weekly. So she still sends her weekly savings. And 
this lady sent us a message about three or four weeks ago with pictures and saying, Auntie, I just wanted you to know that today I was ordained as a pastor in the church. I cannot explain to you my joy. I have the pictures with uh, one of the bishops who has come here before, ordaining her, laying her. So now I changed her name to Pastor, and I sent her a screenshot. I told her, Musumba Wange. So now when she sends me messages, I'm like, yes, Pastor, thank you for sending your savings. Do you understand? That has to be your testimony. God wants us to be lifters. Shepherd the flock of God. If you love him, change the stories of others. Go beyond your natural family. Get into the family of God. It's large. It's open to you. Stop saying I'm shy. I'm limited. I have little money, little education. Use what you have. God is not asking you to be faithful with what you don't have. He's asking you, do you love me? No matter your age. Are you 12? Do you love me? Are you 50? Do you love me? Are you 32? Do you love me? You're never too young or too old to reproduce in the kingdom. Worship harvest. Do you love God? If you do, if you have received his love, don't let it be in vain. Don't let this be another sermon. Do something. Make a commitment today. Send a message to your pastor and say, you know what, pastor? I'm scared. I feel unworthy. I feel incompetent, but I am willing. I'm going to start a huddle this week. I'm going to start a missional community. I'm going to start something at my workplace. I'm going to start with my friends and family in the household. I'm going to host people in my home for garage. Make a commitment and move towards You see, the grace is available, but you have to activate it. How? Do something. Shepherd someone. Your greatest expression of your love for God is to shepherd someone. You don't do it out of duty or obligation. You do it out of love because you have not received his love in vain. You want to be a conduit through which the love of God reaches others that he may change their story the way he has changed your story. If God has changed your story, if God has loved on you, if God has changed your life, you owe it to the others out there who are still lost and broken and hurting and confused to also receive the love of God. And God is not depending on your pastor. He's depending on each one of us because we all have influence in different places to tend his sheep, to feed his lambs, to feed his flock. In Jesus' name. Amen. Do you receive this word? Thank you, Jesus. Would you lean in right now and just start to pray in the spirit? Thank you, Jesus, that you give us grace. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Talk to your father, talk to him, say, Lord, today I say yes. I say yes to shepherd. Maybe you've already been a shepherd, but you've been tired. Just renew, ask Lord, renew my strength. I give you my weakness. I give you the time tiredness that I've carried. Lord, I've done this out of obligation and duty. Give me a new understanding that I will do it out of love. Lord, make me a shepherd of your flock. Make me love your flock, Lord. Make me love your sheep, oh God. Not by my might or by my power, Lord, but by your spirit. May I have the love of God that is shed abroad in my heart to love your people, oh God. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. 
If you're here today or in any place where we are meeting and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want to give you the opportunity to come to the great shepherd, the ones who changes destiny, the one who changes every destiny that says yes to him, the one who knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I want you to say yes to him today without overthinking it, no fear. Just put your hand up if that is you. You're saying yes to Jesus today. You want to join the family of God wherever you are, here, online, in the room, in any room. Say, I want to receive this love that you're talking about. I want to get connected to the shepherd of God's flock. I want to get connected today. If you'd put your hand up, there is no fear in love. Someone will come to you where you are and pray with you. Just put that hand up boldly boldly all you need to do is say i'm putting my hand up this morning i'm saying yes to jesus There's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming up to me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down is there someone just put your hand up boldly we want to pray with you. I believe there are hands going up in different cathedrals, in different churches and hosting centers and homes. Just put that hand up boldly. We want to pray with you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. There's no shadow you won't light up. like us to pray with these people who have said yes to Jesus this morning would you just put your hand on your chest and say Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus today, I receive you today I receive you as my savior, as my savior. I give you my sin I receive your love I receive your forgiveness today I'm a child of God today I am born again I will never be the same again in Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And friends, it's really strong on my heart. This morning, as we were speaking, there are some of you who you know that you know that you know that God was really speaking to you. Some of you, it's even words that were given long ago that you gave up on about shepherding his flock. If that is you and you know that God is speaking to me to start a mission or community, to start a huddle to plant a church, whatever it is for you. I'd like you to run forward very quickly. I want us to pray over you and just walk in obedience to this, what is in my heart. Pray over you and then release you. If that is you, you're like, man, I know that's me. I've been really afraid, but I'm saying yes to Jesus today. I'm going to start that missional community. I'm going to start that huddle. I'm going to plant that church. Whatever it is between you and God, just make your way. Don't worry about your neighbor. This is between you and God. Jesus did not talk to all the disciples. He spoke to Peter. Peter, do you love me? He was singling him out and he became one of the greatest leaders of the movement of God in the world. Come on, my friends. Just come, come, come. Don't be afraid. Don't overthink it. Don't say, ha. Now my pastor is going to see. You forget about, it's not about your pastor. It's you and Jesus. And there is a grace available this morning for us to pray over you, to pray over you this morning and to dedicate ourselves to God. If that is you, come quickly, come quickly. Don't, if, if, you, if you suspect 
If it's a suspicion, don't wait to feel something special. If you felt so strongly, I know I must start that mission or community. I know I must start that huddle. I know even, maybe you even led before and you stopped. And you're saying, Mananga, it's the third time I'm restarting Pastor B3. Don't worry. Even Peter went back fishing. Even Peter went back fishing, but God did not condemn him. Instead, he drew him out and said, you are the one. You are the one. If you love me, simply tend to my sheep and I'll do the rest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Now, these precious people, I want you to stretch out your hands to them. If you're a believer, just stretch out your hands to them. And I want to just lift up your hands in surrender. My brothers and sisters, just lift up your hands as a sign of surrender. Holy Spirit, thank you for these precious ones who you have drawn by your word this morning, who you're lifting up, you're cleansing by your word. Lord, not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. We decree and declare a grace to shepherd your flock. A very special, unique grace, Lord, over these ones who have come forward today. That they will stand out in their generation. They will stand out in their families, in this church, at their workplaces. The assignment you've specifically given to them, Lord. We thank you that you are connecting to them sheep that need shepherding. You're connecting them to shepherds that are going to be over them, oh God. That from today, their ministry begins and it takes on a new shape and a new glory. Just like Peter, they will not be forgotten. They will be written off in their generation, oh God, because they've brought their weakness to you and put themselves under your strength, oh God. Cover them and send them out, Lord, with a passion that does not run out. And even when they run out, Lord, they will come to you and receive your love and drink from your well. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We celebrate you now. Make sure you tell your pastor. Hmm? Send a message to your pastor. Actually, who is, that? Who is, who is receiving them? Pastor Dennis Amoko. Pastor Dennis Amoko. Just follow him. He's going to take down your 9M phone number and your pastor, your location. So that the devil doesn't come after and take you back a fishing. Mm, mm. Come on, love on them for me. Are you blessed this morning? You are blessed. You are highly favored. I see you thriving. I see you shepherding tens and hundreds and thousands. I see you passionate about the things of God. I see you praying, reading the word, loving on God's people. I see you standing out in your generation. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden from sight. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lord cause his face to shine on you. May he make you a blessing in your generation and fulfill your assignment in your lifetime. In Jesus' name, amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen. Have a great week. Go shepherd God's flock. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.